Well, hello again, nerds. We are back at the Nerd News once again this week. We have one of the largest recording art artists making an announcement for future music. We have NetherRealm leaking their own stuff in video games. Cutting out the middleman, thank you very much. Uh, Godzilla X-Kong prequel comic announced in the comic book section. Seinfeld seems to be about to surprise the entire TV community. And the SAG after strikes, although they are potentially winding down, are still going to be majorly affecting some major motion pictures, not the least of which being Mortal Kombat 2. We'll talk about that. Plus, in the rumor mill, Taylor Swift seems to be everywhere these days, including nerd news. So, all of that and a bunch more. Let's get into it. Housekeeping for the day, uh, for the week, I guess. Um, so we are now five weeks out. We are going to count them out five weeks out from the off season. I am committing to that five weeks. One, uh, at least one of those five weeks, though, like I've been uh, warning you in the housekeeping section for some time, one of those uh, five weeks is going to be a different kind of setup because scheduling conflicts cannot be avoided. Uh, that is going to be the the first week of November, so towards the end of that five weeks. Uh, and as far as other housekeeping bits are concerned, uh, in the off-season, again, just to keep everybody abreast of what is going on, in the off-season... Uh, we switched the format up a little bit. It becomes just the live show. So anyone who's been watching for some time should be familiar with the way the live show works. Just kind of talk about the news as we find it. And that way it's a lot easier for me to publish and no editing to do because I am gearing up for the next season. So off season will be approximately a month and a half to two months long. And then we will be into season six on the main channel. Unless you are on one of the syndicated outlets, we will be in our sixth season of the Nerd News. So that's pretty awesome. And I do like proper yearly seasons, not uh, two or three seasons a year because I think that's silly. Anyway, uh, so I think that is all of the housekeeping. Let's get into uh, like this is legitimately one of the biggest weeks in news that we've had for some time, probably because, you know, strikes are ending, but we'll get to all of that. This week in the music section, we have Keith Buckley making an inevitable announcement. We have Rammstein making an awesome announcement and we have Tool making an obvious announcement or some combination therein. So let's let's do the music section, shall we? Let's start with follow-ups and corrections. We have one follow-up this week. It's continuing the every time I die situation that's been kind of ongoing for a little over a year at this point. Keith Buckley, former vocalist of Every Time I Die, if you don't remember, Every Time I Die uh, disbanded some time ago because of inner conflict in the band, which was highly unfortunate. The majority of the dudes in the band, the musicians in the band, not the vocalist, Keith Buckley, but the rest of the guys, 
by and large, have found other projects, namely Better Lovers with the new vocalist, Greg Pusciato, who used to sing for Dillinger Escape Plan. It is actually some fantastic music, so if you haven't listened to Better Lovers yet, that's your uh, bonus suggestion for the week for music. But uh, yeah, Better Lovers is awesome. Keith Buckley, though, again, vocalist, I'm talking in circles, uh, has announced that he is settled into a new band as well. The name of his new band is Many Eyes. Uh, no new music has been released just yet, though they are saying they will release their first single this coming Friday, so just a couple of days from now as I am filming, probably a day or so before uh, it's released as you're watching. And uh, they have also announced that they're going out on tour. I didn't write down the specifics of the tour in here for a couple of reasons, not the least of which being because we're talking about it in follow-ups, but it does run from January through February, and it is with Thursday. So if you are interested in these types of bands, then absolutely go check out Thursday's website, because I don't think the Many Eyes band has a website or any of that information running just yet. So that's what we got for follow-ups and corrections. Let's talk about some new music, shall we? Uh, this week's new music section is pretty large again. Uh, but it's, I mean, this is kind of the meat and potatoes of this section anymore, so I guess that makes sense. All right, so new music this week. First one, first one we're talking about is Bush has dropped a brand new track. It's called Nowhere to Go But Everywhere. This is an original song off of their upcoming Greatest Hits record, which seems to be the way people are doing it these days. Uh, an established band that has been around long enough to put out a Greatest Hits. It's actually the first time Bush has done so as such, even though they've been around since like 93, 94. The the name of the album is Loaded Greatest Hits 1994 through 2023 will be out November 10th. Uh, and this is, I think, some of the better music that Bush has put out over the course of the last, say, eight years or so, the last two records at the very least. Uh, I feel like they, they, they were trying to experiment in ways with being a little more modernly radio friendly instead of just being their established sound in certain ways i don't know just it just seemed like they were going in directions that didn't make a whole lot of sense which as an artist i understand but as a fan i want to see bush rock like bush rocks and this song is bush rocking like bush this is almost a return to form i'm not going to say this this could have been on 16 stone or razor blade suitcase or anything like that but it's pretty dang close. So go check out the new Bush track, Nowhere to Go But Everywhere, for sure. And then, I, 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 I have said that we might not be covering these guys uh, as frequently going forward, but I just can't help myself. Atreyu has put out some brand new music. Uh, this is the first track off of their third EP in their three EP little uh, series that they've been doing. The name of the EP is A Torch in the Dark, kind of a theme here. And the name of the song is I, uh, which um, Meshuga did that already a little while ago. I don't know if you know this, guys. But anyway, uh, so this is, I don't know, this Atreyu, uh, they also announced, before I get too far ahead of myself, they also announced a new full-length album, The Beautiful Dark of Life, uh, should be due out in December. The EP that this I song comes from, uh, the A Torch in the Dark, is coming out November 3rd, and it's going to be another four or five track EP. Um, and this is kind of evidence of 
Atreyu still kind of trying to find their sound minus Alex because it's about 50-50 anymore. About uh, every other release that they have seems to be something that is makes a lot of sense for the direction that they are going and then something that's obviously them trying to experiment with a little bit of a different sound that doesn't seem to work and this is the makes a lot of sense one because the last track didn't seem to work and this one absolutely freaking does this feels like the only element missing properly is alex which i hate to keep making those comparisons but like that is the version of this band that i fell in love with and so they're always going to be compared to their older selves this song though feels like it could have been on at least lead cells paper anchor maybe not curse maybe not death grip on yesterday but lead cells for sure uh, it's that that kind of radio Atreyu version, and I, I can definitely dig it. I, this is a pretty strong recommend for the new track, I, from Atreyu. Next, we have a new track, a new solo track from Mike Shinoda, formerly of Linkin Park. Uh, formerly, is that accurate? We still don't know for 100%, but we do know that he's putting out solo music. The name of this song is Already Over, and uh, this more radio rock mediocrity from Shinoda. Uh, some of the stuff that he put out a little bit closer to the anniversary, I think it was like two years ago, it was the anniversary of Chester Bennington's death. He put out a, like a three, three song EP that was actually quite good. He hasn't really done anything of that caliber since. And even that stuff wasn't as good as it could have been because Shinoda is a hell of a producer, is a really amazing lyricist, has some of the most infectious flow with his, when he's rhyming, when he's doing his hip hop thing. The dude is seriously talented. So when he puts out like average radio rock schlub like this, it just seems like he's underselling himself. So it's kind of hard for me to recommend this when I know that he's capable of so much more. So I don't know, maybe steer clear unless you are a hardcore Shinoda or Linkin Park fan. Then we're talking about Lamb of God's new track, not new record, just a new track. We'll get to that. Uh, new song called Evidence. The dudes in Lamb of God recorded this when they did the Omens record. It didn't make it onto the record at the time, but now we are here a year later from the release of Omens and with the anniversary of it, they're releasing this new song called Evidence. This is in a lot of ways a big return to form for Lamb of God. I'm gonna say probably roundabout sacrifice, wrath kind of era Lamb of God. Not burn the priest, not uh, ashes of the wake or anything like that. It's not quite there, but it's pretty freaking brutal. So we're gonna put this right about uh, wrath levels of, of awesome. So uh, this is this is 100% a recommend. If you are into thrash, if you're into the new wave of American heavy metal, if you are into anything aggressive, this new Lamb of God track is absolutely recommend. Then we're getting more new music from Static X again. Uh, we talked previously about the Re Project Regeneration Volume 2. Uh, they're now promoting that actively. That is part of the tour that they are on. And this new song, Zombie, comes from that. And gotta say, this feels not so much like the evil disco of Days of Yore when Wayne was actively making the music, rest in peace. Uh, this feels this feels a lot more slapped together, but 
in a different way from Project Regeneration Volume 1. Uh, there's a very weird similarity to Rob Zombie. I know the name of the song is Zombie, so that seems like it should fit, but it really doesn't. <laughs> there's a, a, there's a sonic similarity to Rob Zombie. The video has a visual similarity to Rob Zombie. It's just kind of off-putting, but that being said, it is still very well done and one of the more enjoyable tracks that I've heard from any of this Project Regeneration stuff. So go check it out, but kind of just to see the crazy. Continuing on with established bands that are finally putting out new music, Blink-182 has dropped another single off of their upcoming record. Name of this song is Dance With Me, and uh, previous assertions confirmed, uh, Tom DeLonge has in fact learned how to sing. Praise the musical gods. This actually, this song feels a lot, like a lot of fun. This feels more like a matured version of the band that made Enema of the State. This does not feel like whatever Take Off Your Pants and Jacket became and anything they've put out since then, it's kind of been not the same band that did Dude Ranch, Enema of the State, Cheshire Cat, etc., etc. Uh, it, it, this feels like it's more Enema of the State, guys, but they've They've grown up and had kids and such, which is exactly what it should feel like. And again, Tom DeLonge no longer singing through his nose. That's a, enough of a win to recommend this in and of itself. <laughs> Let's talk about new bands now, shall we? New hardcore band Fuming Mouth has now put out a new single called I'll Find You. Uh, this is this is how you do hardcore as far as production goes. This is how you should do hardcore music. Because while the bass player is still kind of suffering from rock bass syndrome where he's just playing mostly root notes of what the guitars are doing, there is a bass tone in this mix and it is glorious. <laughs> there is some uh, there is some overdrive on this bass pedal so it is a little dirty, which is kind of appropriate for hardcore, but this is the style of hardcore. This is the continuation of the style of hardcore that I fell in love with in high school. And this is the good stuff right here. These kids in Fuming Mouth really know what they're doing. If you are into the hardcore, then absolutely check out this new one from Fuming Mouth. Continuing with the newer bands things, since we did all of the established bands, Enterprise Earth has dropped a new track. This one is called King of Ruination, features Ben Dewar. I know the name, but I was pressed for time, so I couldn't look up where the hell Ben Dewar comes from. But if you know, please tell me in the comments. Either way, Deathcore is at a renaissance right now, and Enterprise Earth are definitely a band that is taking that sound and doing their own thing with it. And it is absolutely worth listening to. Uh, anything these guys have done up to this point has been pretty stereotypical deathcore. Not to say that it's bad, just to say that it didn't really stand out exceedingly. This track right here feels like it's starting to stand out a bit more from the pack. So definitely keep your eyes on these kids in Enterprise, Enterprise Earth. And I know somebody's going to have a smart ass comment about me calling everybody kids, but I, I'm old. I can't help it. <laughs> Let's shift into a completely different gear now. Let's talk about the new Oliver Anthony track that just dropped this week. Rich Man's Gold is the name of the song. No proper record from this guy just yet. He's just releasing these singles and he recorded all of the music that we've talked about for, for him up to this point. He recorded it all at the same time. So this is the final recording of that session, which seems pretty awesome that he's been able to stretch it out this long. And he has said that he's going to 
to be releasing new music, brand new recordings of new songs sometime in December. So we've got a little bit of time to wait for Oliver Anthony, but this new track, Rich Man's Gold, is more of this same quality Appalachia sound that we have no come to know and love from Oliver Anthony. So if that is your jam, you cannot go wrong with this track. Staying on the Americana country side of things, Luke Grimes, that's right, the guy who plays Casey Dutton in Yellowstone, is a singer and a hell of a good one, too. Uh, Singer-songwriter, this new, uh, I don't know how new it is, he said it's one of the first tracks he's ever written, first songs ever written, but it's the first time I've heard it, the video was just released recently. Uh, the name of the song is No Horse to Ride, and once again, uh, this is just, this is the the renaissance of this Americana quote-unquote rebel country. For people who don't like the un-Nashville sound, then that's what this is. But really, this is just quality Americana, a singer and a guitar, maybe a small band behind them, and that's all you really need. You don't need 17 writers to write a hit as long as your heart's in it. And apparently, Luke Grimes' heart is really in this stuff, man. So absolutely go check out No Horse to Ride. It's over on the Western AF YouTube channel, and those guys really know what they're doing as well. A little bit of a shift, uh, and uh, honestly a little bit more of a shift than I anticipated when I saw this in my recommended feed, but The Killers have released a brand new track called Your Side of Town. Um, was never really into The Killers much. Obviously they had a couple of huge hits that you couldn't get away from. They play on the radio at work when I'm when I'm at in the kitchen, and so like I know all the words to the singles and stuff, but never really got into the deep catalog. So if if anything I'm about to say is indicative of more than just this new track, I apologize. But I'm not super well versed with the Killers. Either way, this is that same songwriting mind that wrote those super catchy uh, songs a few years back. Now approaching songwriting a little bit more mature, but also with an 80s kind of tint to it. There's definitely a lot more synth in here, and it both intrigues me and also kind of turns me off in a weird way. I don't know, it's it's an interesting track. Go check it out just to see that much. I don't think it's going to be on heavy rotation on pop radio, but it is going to get some play. And then we're going to switch gears back over to that country stuff. Uh, Tyler Childers put out a new a new record, or maybe it's just a couple of tracks before the record releases. Uh, but the most recent one was a couple of weeks ago, so I don't know how this flew under my radar like it did. But name of the track is Rustin' in the Rain. And all right, so Tyler Childers started out very similarly to Oliver Anthony, just a dude and his guitar. He got a bit of a band behind him, and that was great. Uh, when I, that's when I saw him initially, when he was opening up for Jack White, and just an excellent, excellent songwriter. Still an excellent songwriter. Just the production on their stuff seems to be getting a lot more overproduced and a lot shinier and kind of more towards the Nashville sound and less towards the original Tyler sound. So like, it's good, but it's not Tyler good, if that makes sense. But that is what we have for brand new music. Let's talk now about tours and festivals. We've got some interesting stuff going on this week. Uh, first up, the biggest one in my book right now is Rammstein has announced they're going on a stadium tour. Sadly, it is a stadium, uh, a U uh, European stadium tour. Words are not 
functioning. Uh, yeah, European Stadium Tour, it starts May 11th in Prague, runs through July 27th in Germany. I'm not going to try and pronounce the name of the city that it is in Germany because that's a lot of, of, of consonant sounds next to each other that my American tongue just probably is going to butcher, so I'm not even going to try. Uh, tour, the tickets do not go on sale until Friday. Uh, in order to get there, there is a, there's a YouTube link in the description that's going to take you to the announcement video that then is going to take you to the proper ticket link and so on and so forth. So it's kind of a roundabout way to get there, but it's the best way to support the band. So do it that way. Go check out their YouTube video that announces the tour and then click the link in their description to get to the tickets if you are so inclined because Anytime these dudes go on tour, it is an absolute necessity that if you can, you should go see them. Uh, from there, we have... Uh from there, we actually have Tool, which we're going to talk about Tool in the regular news section as well. But Tool has announced that they are going on a U.S. stadium tour. Uh, tickets go on sale also Friday. Uh, the, 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 the dates start January 10th in Baltimore, Maryland, run through February 18th in Las Vegas, Nevada. They are going all across the U.S. So the odds that are that they're going to be very close to you. This is a bucket list band for me. I still have not seen them. Them, but probably not going to catch them on this tour just because I don't know who the opener is and I'm kind of broke right now. I've gone to a lot of shows this year. Either way, if you are so inclined and you haven't seen them like I haven't, then probably go get tickets when they are go on sale. You're going to have to go, once again, you have to go through Tool's website in order to do that because there is no pre-sale link available otherwise. Uh, go over to their website and, and you can get tickets on Friday. Uh, and then our final piece in tours and festivals has to do with next year's Sick New World Tour. That's right. They didn't learn a damn... Well, no, we don't know that for sure, but we know that they are trying it again, even though it was by many, many, many accounts kind of a uh, 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 cluster F, if you will, just to be friendly to the family people listening. Uh, so yeah, Sick New World is happening again. It is going to be a giant show once again. It is only going to take place over the course of one day once again. So again, all indications point to maybe they didn't learn the lesson they should have. Uh, if you want the full and complete roster, it is gigantic. There is a little bit of everything for everyone on there because you got the likes of Lamb of God, you got uh, Vane FM, you've got Ginger, you've got a lot, a lot of freaking bands headlining, uh, headlining each stage because they do two different stages. You have System of a Down on one stage and Slipknot on the other stage. So that kind of gives you a little bit more idea of the variety. But again, one day for the Sick New World uh, Festival just seems like a bad idea. Saturday, April 27th is that one day. Tickets go on sale this Friday as well. But if you want your tickets, you can go sign up to get on the pre-sale pre-list over on the website if you find a uh, follow the link down in the description. So yeah, hopefully... <laughs> I'm really, really hopeful for anybody attending that show that, that it is a much better experience than last year. There are videos and videos and videos. It's not, it's not fire Festival bad, but it was pretty bad for the first 70% uh, of the day. 
Uh, from there, that's what we got for tours and festivals. Let's talk now about regular ass news. Uh, we have a couple of pieces here to this time around. Usually most of this section is just new music to talk about, but we actually have some proper news. First up is kind of sort of movie news, but it's uh, music related, the movie and the announcement. So Deathgasm is a silly horror comedy music thing that uh, I believe it's on Amazon Prime these days. I, I can't remember. I haven't actually watched it, but it's it's got a little bit of a cult following. Well, enough of a cult following that they have announced that they are going to be making a second movie. That second movie is currently in the Kickstarter phase. They're trying to raise the funds to make the movie. And they just announced, and this is the piece of news that we're covering today, Matthew K. Heafy is the man who is going to be scoring said sequel. From what I have read, the music from the first one was not terrible. Uh, but it is like B-horror levels of quality, so go into it knowing that. It's, I, I think it's one of those bad-on-purpose kind of things. Um, so that's the kind of horror comedy that it is. But Matt Heafy doing the thing with the music and the stuff, probably going to kick it up a little bit of a level. Because if you remember that Lords of Metal one on Netflix, they had Tom Morello in charge of music for that one, and it kicked ass and I'm not a Tom Morello fan in a lot of ways but his musical taste is apparently fantastic so uh yeah and I know Heafy's got very similar musical taste as I do because he has a show on Sirius XM called oh I can't even I'm gonna brain fart the name of Heafy's show oh Chaos Hour <laughs> he has a show on Sirius XM called Chaos Hour and uh I, I would say like one out of 20 of the songs that he plays on that show is one that I don't necessarily groove with. Everything else that dude has turned me on to is freaking awesome. So yeah, I'm super excited about at least the musical side of Deathgasm 2. I know I, I should probably say the name of the movie a couple more times, right? Deathgasm 2, Deathgasm 2, Matthew K. Heafy is scoring Deathgasm 2. From there, we have one other piece of regular ass news, and it has to do with, like I said a moment ago, Tool. Tool has announced that they are going to be going, uh, hitting the studio, going, going. They're going to be hitting the studio in 2024 to uh, work on a new record, which, sure, that seems to jibe with what we know of their process. Uh, they're, they're doing the tour thing, and then probably while they're on tour, they're gonna be doing some heavy writing once the tour ends. In the February, they're going to hit the studio, work on it there. We'll see new Tool record probably in the fall next year. So that's pretty freaking exciting. Uh, and then that is what we have for the meat and potatoes of this section. Let's move now into suggestions for the music section this week. Again, Halloween is this month. So we're doing Halloween themed suggestions for everything. And this one is kind of an obvious one. Ice Nine Kills has two very Halloween themed records. Silver Scream and Silver Scream Volume 2, Welcome to Horror. Would. Uh, that Both of those albums are the suggestions this week. The first one is a little more on the emo side, so go into that knowing that much. But the second one is a little bit more on the metal side, a little more new wave of American heavy metal kind of sound, a little bit on the uh, deathcore, a little bit. Standout tracks on both of these records, you have American Nightmare on the first one, it's the opening track for the, for the record, and then on the second one, Funeral Derangements. I legitimately love that song. Ice Nine Kills is a good band, but I legitimately love the Funeral Derangement song. So go check out Silver Scream Volume 1 and 2. 
Let's talk gaming and tech, shall we? This week in gaming and tech, we have uh, NetherRealm accidentally leaking their own information. We're going to talk about that. We have OpenAI, the people behind ChatGPT, are getting into some uh, different things these days, as well as a confirmation of a rumor that we've been talking about for some time. The PlayStation 5 Slim is actually coming out. So we're going to talk about all of that. Let's start with follow-ups and corrections, because that's going to be most of this section this week. First up, Unity. That's right, the whole debacle with the developer. Uh, Unity CEO John Rich... I'm not going to say his last name, and I'm apologizing in advance. I'm not saying it right. Uh, Richitello. Richitello? Ricatello? Ricatello. Richitello. It's two C's. Whatever. Uh, that guy, he is stepping down effective immediately. What with the resolution to the botched uh, new policy that they were trying to roll out, trying to screw over smaller developers uh, with their software because they developed uh, gaming, so did gaming development software that a lot of people use, especially indie developers. There's all many, many videos uh, across the YouTube about what happened here. So we're not going to get into that detail. We just are doing the quick follow-up and saying that John is stepping down. CEO-less company now, at least for a moment. I don't know that they've announced who's going to be replacing him because it was so sudden that he decided he was going to split. Probably appropriately so. <laughs> From there, we have uh, Lies of P follow-up. This game launched. I really have not had the time or the funds to pick it up yet, but I really, really want to because that demo was so much fun. We played it in stream uh, a few times, actually. But we just got word that uh, there will be DLC from NeoWiz, the developer of this game, and it will be free. We just don't know exactly when it is going to be dropping. They are working on it. That's all they can say at the moment. It's pretty freaking exciting. Hopefully, I will be able to pick my copy up before that happens. Either way, that's what we got. Let's move right along. Cyberpunk 2077. Once again, we're following up here. Now that Phantom Liberty has launched, we got a, uh, a patch... Uh, uh, a week ago? Shortly after Phantom Liberty launched. I think it was like two or three days after Phantom Liberty launched. Um, and now CD Projekt Red has announced that they are going to stop supporting Cyberpunk 2077. Um, the reason is, there's a legitimate reason here, it just seems like ill-timed uh, reasoning, is that they're working on the sequel to 2077. They announced that they had a number of games uh, that they were working on on the back burner. Uh, one of those was the sequel to 2077. When we talked about this, this was probably a few months back. Uh, now that they feel like 2077 is in a good place, I think that's debatable, uh, they're going to stop any sort of post-development on it and move on to the sequel. Hopefully, the sequel will launch in a similar state to where this game is currently so that they can kind of circumvent all of the nonsense and get to some more content, more quality content for their uh, fan base. That's what we got there, though. Let's move next to a follow-up on the Silent Hill announcements that we talked about a number of months ago when Konami decided they wanted to get back into the gaming business. Go figure. Uh, so Silent Hill Ascension, which is the, uh, the what is a Hard Rain-like interactive movie game situation, uh, that has a, a release date now. That release date is October 31st. 
So if you want to play this, you can play it October 31st, 9 p.m., uh, according to Google. Uh, it was kind of a, uh, it was, seems like it was a, an accidental posting, so this could change. This is relatively tentative, but if Google is to be believed, then we have a, a release of the first of many Silent Hill projects in the works on Halloween, which is kind of awesome. Uh, and then our final follow-up uh, uh, for this section, or for this week, rather, is uh, Mortal Kombat 1. <laughs> so apparently we're getting mercies in Mortal Kombat 1. So, all right, so going back to the Cyberpunk 2077 comments I was making just a moment ago, Mortal Kombat 11 launched in less than great status like there were there was a number of balances that they really needed to do and they pushed those out relatively quickly and then they started to add to the content uh, to kind of round out the experience for the players and that greatly affected the combat league so if you played online if you played uh, ranked online then that was greatly affected by a lot of those patches that they launched a little bit later in the life cycle of mortal kombat 11. and the expectation was that all of those things, namely mercies and uh, the the ability to select your own your character between rounds, uh, or the ability to deny somebody who had a crap connection because for whatever reason they're playing across uh, the ocean maybe from you, or they have uh, they're they're connected on Wi-Fi and they've got a really terrible ping. You know, you could deny those connections. You can't do that in Mortal Kombat 1. And then, the, just like, kind of, I think, with any life cycle of a fighting game, you get these balances, uh, the balance patches, because QA can't do everything, and some people are going to find exploits and then just ridiculously exploit them. Uh, I, I feel like that actually is less of an issue uh, currently with the, the current state of Mortal Kombat 1. More of the more issues are the other things. So they've spent a lot of time focusing on the gameplay elements and not as much time focusing on the game experience elements, if that makes sense. So yeah, so anyway, long story longer. Uh, Mortal Kombat 1, there was a, if, if you are doing the online competition stuff and you are uh, actively trying to do the daily goals and the weekly goals, uh, it would seem that a daily goal was accidentally added to the list for some players where it said, perform mercy. And the goal was two mercies for the daily goal. Uh, but that's not a gameplay element for Mortal Kombat 1. Yet, it would seem that, that this is something that is in development. Now, there is a possibility that this was an accidental update uh, because a lot of this stuff we're finding out uh, with Starfield and, and the like, there's a lot of copy-paste involved when making multiple games based on the same engine, based on the same fighting engine, whatever, graphics engine, what have you. So very potentially, this was just a copy-paste for daily goals because that was a thing in Mortal Kombat 11 as well. Seems slightly less likely though because not a lot of this is rehashed from Mortal Kombat 11. So possible, but not likely. That is what we have for follow-ups 
uh, this week in gaming. Let's move over to trailers. Our big one for trailers, the only one for trailers in gaming this week is season five for Halo Infinite. Just dropped the trailer and this looks like it's going to be huge, man. Actually, I did have to scratch an itch last week. I, I picked up some Halo Infinite in the middle of all my Mortal Kombat playing. Picked up some Halo Infinite and did my weekly goals for the night. And uh, yeah, we this is this is the final week before the launch of season five. Season five launches next Tuesday, and that's pretty impressive. the The new stuff for season five looks fantastic. Uh, if you watch the video, you'll see that there's two separate uh, Spartan armor cores that they're going to be launching with season five, but they're not going to be obtained the same way we got the armor cores previously. One of them is you have to reach max rank in the uh, the the career rank levels. So that's the one that doesn't reset every season. Or does it? I can't remember. <laughs> Either way, that you have to hit max rank in order to get the Mark V armor core. But then there's a Mark VI armor core as well. I mean, and I might have these backwards. Mark VI armor core, uh, they haven't told us how we're going to get that one. So that one might be free like the other armor cores previously, but uh, I mean, this is pretty exciting, man. And then a lot of the armor that they're launching for this season is flood-infected armor. So it just looks freaking awesome. And it is Halloween-themed because flood and zombies and there's some other armor effects. Go check out the trailer because it's just going to tell you all, of, show you all of the things that I'm talking about here. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty freaking awesome. Let's move over now to some regular-ass news in gaming and tech. And our first piece in regular news is a tech piece. It has to do with uh, OpenAI, uh, ChatGPT parent company. So OpenAI has run into issues because a number of things. They don't have enough processing power. They don't have cheap enough processing power. Uh, and because NVIDIA is the people who, who create their graphic cards, graphics cards for them, the GPUs that they are using, the 10 freaking thousand GPUs that, they, that it takes to run uh, ChatGPT, those are all provided by NVIDIA. And so uh, OpenAI is starting to look into developing their own silicon in order to run their process a little bit cheaper, a little more efficiently. Uh, if they build it in-house, it can be built very specifically for their needs and not just kind of a general GPU situation, which is very much an oversimplification of how that's run. If you really want to get into the nitty gritty details of how OpenAI runs ChatGPT, there is a fantastic Linus Tech Tips video about that. Uh, I, I will try and link it somewhere maybe, but either way, Linus Tech Tips is a channel you should probably already be subscribed to anyway, so go check that out. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty freaking interesting. If they get into their own development of, of uh, silicon, does that mean that eventually down the road, OpenAI could start selling GPUs that are AI-focused to the consumers? Because that's a pretty interesting prospect as well, right? Let's talk about that down in the comment section. Let's move right along to our other piece of regular ass news this week, and that is Sony related. That's right, they did in fact launch the PlayStation 5 Slim, or they announced it anyway. It's going to be launching in November. So, <laughs> let's talk about this, because we have been speculating for some time, it has been in the rumor mill uh, once or twice over the course of the last few months, that they're going to be doing something with a slimmer uh, 
more streamlined PlayStation 5. And the thought up until this point was that it was going to be a single unit that was going to be convertible from a digital, you can buy the unit in and of itself, and it was going to be effectively the digital only version of the PlayStation 5, which is effectively the driveless version of the PlayStation 5. And then they're going to sell a peripheral that you could buy bundled or separately that was going to be a disk drive so that you could, if you have physical media, you could play your physical media on the disk drive, Blu-ray disk. Um, that is happening, but there's more. Uh, so it's going to be two separate SKUs. The, the digital only version is going to be $450, uh, and they are going to launch uh, for $80, the separate disk drive for the digital only version of the Slim. Uh, but there is a uh, there is a PlayStation 5 media. I forget exactly the branding there, but it's effectively the one that has the disk drive built in. It's just a slimmer model version of that. And it, it doesn't seem like there's any sort of graphical or processing uh, uh, improvements at all. Whereas in previous generations of the PlayStation lifecycle, we've seen some sort of improvement, be it processing speed or load times or what have you. There's been some sort of minor improvement going from the regular console to the newer uh, version of the console, be it the Slim or the Pro or what have you. That doesn't seem to be the case here. This just seems to be effectively a less plastic involved in casing this PlayStation 5. So. I, I don't know how well this is going to do with the marketing, it, the only time will really tell, but uh, that's what we got for regular S news, so let's get into our suggestions for gaming and tech this week, keeping with the Halloween theme, we have Resident Evil 4, be it the remake, be it the if you have a classic version of Resident Evil 4 on an older console, whatever. It's, yeah, yeah, the, I would prefer the remake. I think the remake, they've added a lot of gameplay elements to it that really make it worth playing. But if you can't afford the remake or you prefer the older one, either way, suggested go play some Resident Evil 4 because man, this that game kind of changed the way I view uh, the, the survival horror genre. So absolutely go play some RE4 this week. Comic books and books, gonna be real quick again, not a whole lot of new stuff as far as like meta uh, is concerned. I mean, there's always new story arcs and stuff, but that's not what we talk about here in this show. We talk about announcements and new characters and developments as it pertains to the comic book industry. And that leads us to a King Kong and Godzilla prequel book. So let's talk about that, shall we? Uh, yeah, so like I said, uh, we have no follow-ups or corrections. We have uh, the, tr it's technically a trailer that we're talking about. So there is not going to be any quote unquote regular news this week. It is only a trailer. We got a trailer for uh, the Godzilla X Kong, the hunted book. Uh, this is a book that is coming from, oh, Goodness gracious, where did it go? Legendary Comics, there we go. Legendary Comics is teaming up with Rocket Ship and they're running a Kickstarter campaign to get this thing funded, which honestly seems like a major sign of the times because something like this, the studio, in years past, when I was a much younger man, uh, the studio would have fronted the bill. And then if they took a loss, then the movie hopefully would have gotten enough marketing out of something like this that it would have made up the difference. And so, you know, it would have been rolled into the marketing budget and nobody would have thought twice about it. 
But comic books being, you know, not exactly a great way to make money these days, that's not how things go anymore. So uh, this trailer, though, is uh, an announcement of a couple of things. First of all, the announcement that this book is happening. It is a prequel to the upcoming uh, new Empire movie that's coming out in 2025, I think. Uh, we'll talk about it in the movie section. Uh, but uh, the art is going to be uh, from David uh, Aja, I think is maybe how his name is said. Uh, the writer is going to be, I believe, the screenwriter for the movie. And his name is not in my notes because I take a amazing notes. Uh, but then it also is announcing a second book. If you get up to a certain tier on the Kickstarter and you, you donate a certain amount of money, then you'll get a second book as well. Not just the hunted book, but also a MonsterVerse declassified book, which isn't going to necessarily deal with Kong or Godzilla directly. It's going to deal more with four other titans, those being Doug, Behemoth, Tiamat, and an as-yet-announced fourth Titan. So, interesting. Again, kind of a sign of the times as far as the industry goes, but that's all we got for comic books and books, aside from the suggestion this week for comic books and books, and that is Halloween. Lock and key, Joe Hill. There are seven collected trades for this series. It is so much different than the, than the Netflix show. So if, you, if your only exposure is the Netflix show, you really should read the book because Joe Hill's brain is so much more twisted than they could ever put in, this sh in the show on Netflix and so much more twisted than his dad that like, yes, <laughs> go read Lock and Key. Start with book number one, jump in wherever you want to really, but book number one is the most suggested way to do this and just have a freaking weekend of it because that is some quality comic book writing. Lock and Key from Joe Hill, that is your suggestion. Okay, so TV shows this week, we have an interesting lineup here. We have a Castlevania announcement that probably is not going to sit well with the community at large. We also have a, a series coming from a franchise that I loved as a kid and ew, questionably so as an adult. And then also Jerry Seinfeld has been teasing some things and we're going to talk about that as well. So uh, follow-ups and corrections to start off the section proper. We have the SAG-AFTRA strikes. This, this is part of the reason why today's episode is coming late is because I was waiting for more announcements because today was going to be the next day of the negotiations for the SAG after strike. And I, we're not talking about any updates from today because they didn't announce anything before I had to go to film before, you know, I, I wouldn't have been able to get it up even before midnight tonight. So, uh, yeah, so SAG-AFTRA, they are still in negotiations. It sounds like the negotiations, la uh, was it Monday was the last day that they had negotiations before today. And... They went fairly well, it seems. No details have been released as to exactly what that means, but it sounds like there are some things that are being negotiated and working out. So it does seem that the SAG-AFTRA uh, strike is going to be coming to an end, hopefully sometime soon. Exactly when, we don't know. It could be tonight as I'm filming. It could be a week from now. It could be a month from now. The, the negotiations could fall apart and they could be on strike for another year. As we learn these things, we will be talking about them here on the show. Uh, but that is all we have now. Just hopeful 
So let's move on. Uh, from there, we have Castlevania Nocturne. This is the big one, uh, the big follow-up at least. Uh, so season two has been announced because, because enough people hate watched season. This is the same thing that happened with Velma uh, in a way. I, I have yet to watch Castlevania Nocturne. I really dug the first one. Uh, it sounds like there's going to be a little bit of He-Man style bait and switch with this one. So, eh. The original series, though, did get, I believe it was, uh, was it five or seven seasons somewhere in that neighborhood? So it's not out of the question that this one could just be picking up some of the popularity of the first one. And if it goes past season three, then that means they might have something on their hands that's uh, doing them some good or they just really like the social political message that it's pushing, who knows. But a second season has been announced for Castlevania Nocturne because enough people hate watch it, apparently. I don't know. Well, I, I reserve the right to make that judgment in the That Just Happened show once I have actually watched the show. So from there, let's talk about uh, Blade Runner 2099 is our final follow-up piece for this week. Uh, the series that was going into production and then the strikes happened is still going into production, just not in the exact same way as originally announced. Uh, the big thing here is that it is no longer going to be filming in Belfast, Ireland. No exact reason as to why was given when they made the announcement. The production was set to begin next week, and they announced at the beginning of this week that they are not going to be filming in Ireland, which means there's going to be a lot of Irish people in the movie industry who live in Belfast who are just basically out of a job and they don't know why, uh, which really sucks, and I wish that that is not the way the industry was run, but it is what it is. And no announcement as to where they are going to be filming this. Uh, so presumably somewhere in Hollywood, I would guess. I don't know. But yeah, 2099 is still happening. It's a live action series, if you don't remember. Based on the Blade Runner franchise, obviously. And yeah, that's uh, that's all we got for follow-ups and corrections. Let's move now into some regular-ass news. Apparently we don't have any trailers for stuff, which I find odd, actually, but I guess I didn't see anything in, in the research mode. So here we are talking about regular-ass news. First up, Garbage Pail Kids. This is one that I loved as a child so very much, and I watched the live-action movie as an adult not that long ago, and I immediately texted my mother and apologized because I made her watch that thing like once a week for a year. But uh, David Gordon Green, who uh, did the Halloween reboot series, the, the newest Exorcist movie, Exorcist Believer, uh, he has made it known that he and Danny McBride are working on the early stages of development for a series based on the Garbage Pail Kids franchise. Uh, I was unable to decipher if it was going to be at, oh no, I, I did actually, it's here in the notes. Hey look, I took good notes this time. Animated series based on the Garbage Pail Kids. Uh, and he said very explicitly that it's going to be quote unquote naughty. Uh, whatever the hell that means. I mean, it is the Garbage Pail Kids, so it's kind of a broad definition of the word. So I'm I'm intrigued, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I'm, in, I'm intrigued by this one. Uh, from there, let's talk more cyberpunk. 
Cyberpunk 2077 this time, uh, not Blade Runner, which we were talking about a minute ago. Cyberpunk 2077, there is a live action project that is early, early, early stages of development. So early, in fact, that CD Projekt Red has not said if it is going to be a proper series or a movie. We're talking about it here because the movie section is kind of full, but <laughs> it seems fairly likely that they would try to do like a short series to kind of test the waters with their abilities to do something like that and, and not feel too much like a Blade Runner retread. So yeah, that just makes the most sense. But yeah, CD Projekt Red has announced officially that they are are in the early stages of development for some sort of live action adaptation of their IP, Cyberpunk 2077. And then our final piece of regular ass news is Jerry freaking Seinfeld has been teasing at stand-up gigs, specifically most recently at, at a Boston stand-up gig uh, about a week or so ago that we might be seeing some sort of reunion with the cast of his incredibly famous sitcom. Uh, he has said previously that if such a thing happens, it's going to happen organically and it's probably not going to be like a reunion series. Uh, it's and it's also probably not going to be much like any of the re reunion stuff we've seen recently, like the Friends reunion or anything like that. So what exactly this could be still remains to be seen, but he has been teasing that something is coming down the pipe and we will be keeping tabs on that, you can guarantee. From there, we only have suggestions left for this episode and TV suggestion this week, American Horror Story, not the current season, I'm still kind of, the jury's out on that one, but Freak Show, I believe it was season five, is by and large my favorite season of American Horror Story, it is, freaking fantastic and very much Halloween themed. Go watch season five of American Horror Story, uh, the freak show season. I could be wrong with the numbering, but either way, just the the, the sideshow freaks and like just the, the Jessica Lang singing Man from Mars and it was just so much awesome and so much weird and so much greatness that went on. I think that was right before it really started to take this weird downturn. Either way, good stuff. Go watch American Horror Story Freak Show. Now we get into movies and in movies we have Fantastic Four update, a, a, a announcement for an announcement. So that kind of sucks, but we're going to get there. SAG-AFTRA affecting Mortal Kombat 2 as well as more layoffs in the digital side of things as far as movies go. So let's talk about all of this. Uh, let's start with follow-ups and corrections. First up, coming out the gate with the big stuff, well, kind of, Fantastic Four. Uh, director Matt Shackman has confirmed that they do have a cast and that an official announcement of that cast is going to be coming sometime in the upcoming weeks. Very much likely whenever the SAG-AFTRA situation works itself out is when they're going to make the announcement. So we, once, once that comes to its conclusion, then we will get the proper announcement of this is who is going to be in the Fantastic Four. So we're all waiting with bated breath. Shackman, don't screw this one up. Uh, that's how we got those, an announcement for a future announcement. So moving right along, continuing in follow-ups and corrections, we have Frankenstein, Guillermo del Toro's interpretation of the famous story is be, uh, set to begin filming in February and 
has also added to its cast. I don't remember exactly who else is on this, and I couldn't find, well, I couldn't find it with the very cursory bit of uh, research that I did for the other cast members, but Christoph Waltz is now part of this cast, so that is significant and awesome, and all we have, so let's move on. From there, Mortal Kombat 2 is our next piece, and actually this is a little bit larger than just Mortal Kombat 2, but I had to relate it to Mortal Kombat in some way. Uh, so the SAG After stuff uh, is coming to an end. The Writers Guild stuff ended last week, officially ended last week. Uh, they, they ratified all of the things that needed ratification. They signed all the papers and dotted the I's and crossed the T's and so on and so forth and what have you. So it the, the hope was, at least for people who were on the consumer side of things, the hope was that they were going to get back to work as normal and just kind of pick up where they left off, which they kind of are. But uh, there are priority things that need to be done before they can get back into things that weren't technically started. Um, Mortal Kombat 2 was started, but there was not enough of it to, for it to take priority. Uh, this actually comes from a number of different sources, aside from whatever is linked down in the description. Uh, the first source I saw that was talking about this said very explicitly that the cast is not going to return to filming, even if the, the, the actor's strike ends tonight, the cast will not be returning to filming until uh, January of 2024. So at least two and a half, three months or so before they even get back to filming, which puts the movie out to at least 2025 before it's released. And in that in was supposed to be released, I think this year, if I remember correctly, it could be wrong. Correct me in the comments. But uh, yeah, so the uh, the things that are that are taking priority first up is obviously the ADR. Anything with ADR that still needs to be done or pickups, uh, anything that needs reshoots, anything like that, all of that is going to take priority. And then the things they're going to work in reverse effectively. If it was close to finishing, that's going to be priority. If it was halfway done, then that goes behind it. And if they had just started it, then that goes even further behind it. And they kind of technically just started Mortal Kombat. So that's why it's all the way back here, whereas like ADR DRs all the way up front over here. So yeah, that's kind of the state of things, sad as it is, but it is an update nonetheless. So let's move into trailers this week. We got two great ones, a proper trailer for the Eli Roth uh, Thanksgiving slasher movie, Thanksgiving. And <laughs> is it weird that I'm excited to see a slasher movie? I think part of it has to do with because there's not a whole lot of like Thanksgiving oriented movies, uh, let alone Thanksgiving oriented uh, horror movies that they're like decent. Uh, so excited about that. Slashers are kind of uh, fair game as far as uh, quality horror movies go. So I, I could get into that for sure. And I'm kind of excited about it. Our other trailer this week actually just came out this morning morning and it's for a movie from A24 called Iron Claw. Uh, the Iron Claw starring Zac Efron and Jeremy Allen Wright. That is correct. Uh, uh, white rather, not right. White. Uh, the the kid who played Lip and is uh, uh, in, in The Bear and that kid, that dude with all of the acting ability and the pretty eyes and such. Uh, he is going to be acting alongside Zac Efron in a movie about a wrestling 
wrestling. I, I like WWE style wrestling. Uh, 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 what is the word that I used in the notes? Um, Empire from the 60s, the Von Erich Empire. Uh, the movie is set to release into theaters December 22nd. It is, it looks like it's going to be great, but not exactly the kind of great that would, uh, yeah. You just go watch the trailer. You'll see what I'm saying. That's what we got for trailers. Let's talk now about some regular ass news. We got some pretty interesting stuff this week. Uh, Snow White, the original animated movie Snow White, is getting a proper 4K remaster. If you are watching the show and not just listening on screen now, you should be seeing a comparison between the original cell and what they've been doing to the cells of animation. And it looks freaking amazing. Uh, the, the original movie came out in 1937. They're going back to the original animation cells that Walt Disney himself did. And they're revamping those, adding contrast, making them uh, just kind of pop just a little bit more because degradation through time happens. Uh, and it just it just looks really freaking. And and, and I, I I was saying animation cell. I I I was saying that incorrectly. It was the original negatives from those original animation cells because I would imagine the actual animation shells don't exist anymore. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. This is actually not the first one of these that they've done. Just the the oldest one that they've done so far. From there, we have more layoffs in the digital side. Uh, DreamWorks Animation Studios is laying off 70 of their employees. Uh, the quote from the studio uh, that went to Variety is as follows, quote, DreamWorks Animation reduced its workforce by approximately 70 positions. Roles affected were across corporate functions, feature, television, and technology departments as part of an overall cost reduction. Ooh, that sucks. Um, first it was the gaming side of things, now it's the movie side of things, and uh, that directly affects the TV side of things as well, generally speaking, because all of these studios are kind of connected, so that that's highly unfortunate, but it is, again, a sign of the times. From there, we've got some more movie news. Uh, Mr. Monk's last case has been announced. If you are a fan of the series of Monk, starring Tony Shalhoub, which a lot of people are, me, me included, uh, it is going to be, uh, so this is, I, sorry, I'm trying to read the notes and remember the piece. Uh, this is something that was actually announced some time ago, and I don't think we talked about it here on the channel. So this is technically a follow-up, but since we didn't talk about it, it's news and it's happening. It is a movie that they're making that is kind of the conclusion of the Monk story. Uh, it will be on Peacock December 8th. It is going to Peacock. It's not going into theaters. It's streaming only. Kind of to be expected with a movie based on a TV show. That's what we got. Let's move on. Uh, and then we have Daredevil. This is huge. The Disney Plus Daredevil show that was almost done. They were about halfway through filming uh, by most accounts. Um, is going back to the drawing board. That is correct. You heard me accurately. Disney is completely scrapping what they have for this series, and they're going back to the drawing board and starting fresh. They have fired the directors involved and the writing staff involved, and they are now currently hiring new writers for this project. Will this push the, the release date of the series back? Very likely, though that has not been announced just yet. They have completely revamped this writer's room. At first I thought this was a rumor and then it was confirmed by the major trades that this is actually happening. So 
this could be a good sign of things to come. We will be keeping tabs on this though as it continues. Let's roll along. And that brings us to suggestions for the week here in movies. Our Halloween suggestion is Event Horizon. This movie messed me up as a kid. Uh, Paul W.S. Anderson, who would go on to also, uh, uh, I think actually Mortal Kombat was before this. Either way, Paul W.S. Anderson, who also directed Mortal Kombat, the original 95 movie. Uh, yeah, because this came out in 97. So there you go. Uh, is the director of this, and it stars Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Neill, Kathleen Quinlan, uh, Joey Richardson, and is just like... Lovecraftian horror in space and is so dark and great for the season. Go watch Event Horizon. If you've never seen it, you owe it to yourself to watch it. If you if it's been a while, then refresh your memory as to why it's potentially one of the greatest horror movies out there. And then we have a rumor mill to discuss. That is correct. We do have rumors. We do talk about them. In the rumor mill this week, we have Taylor Swift is rumored for more MCU action, as well as uh, rumor on the Blade movie and uh, Wolverine MCU. There's a lot of MCU stuff, as well as some confirmations and refutations to add to the list. So let's go. All right, so starting things off with the confirmation refutations, we have one refutation. This one is actually a rumor that got squashed really quick. Dang it, James Gunn, why do you do this before I can go to tape? <laughs> but reportedly, Batmite was going to be uh, part of the Peacemaker season two, and he they were going to use that character as a means to explain the rebooting of the universe. And James Gunn has come out and said, no, that that is not accurate. He is not using Batmite at all in Peacemaker season two. He did very specifically say Peacemaker Season 2, so potentially the rumor has some sort of truth to it that just the vehicle through which they're going to use Batmite is not correct. So it could be uh, Superman Legacy, it could be Creature Commandos, which seems to be the strongest contender for this rumor. It could be a number of other things. It's just confirmed, or refuted anyway, that it is not going to be confirmed that it is not, yeah, there we go, confirmed that it is not going to be in Peacemaker. So there you go. And then we have one confirmation. We've already talked about this technically in the gaming section, and that is the PlayStation 5, PlayStation 5 Slim does exist. It is a thing that Sony is releasing. Uh, if you want more detail, go to the gaming section and we talk about it ad nauseum. From there, let's talk about some new sources for old rumors. This is an old rumor. Taylor Swift has been linked once again to the Dazzler character in the X-Men movie that is upcoming for Marvel. This has already been debunked, so I'm not even gonna bother any more time with it. it Taylor Swift, while I'm sure it would get a lot of butts in seats and would make Marvel a lot of money, is not going to be playing Dazzler in the MCU. Just kind of not the kind of commitment probably that a star of that caliber could commit to in a movie because she has music things to do, not acting things. So. From there, let's talk about some new rumors that we have not yet talked about before. Uh, first up is The Acolyte. Uh, the, this one is technically a leak because the San Diego Comic-Con trailer that was played for attendees of San Diego Comic-Con this year has leaked online. And this kind of flies in the face of previous rumors talking about the fact that this show has been canceled. But so many people have been 
confirming, quote unquote, to use the term very loosely, that this show is canceled, it feels like a Ryan Reynolds-esque move with the Deadpool movie, where Ryan Reynolds, uh, presumably, Ryan Reynolds leaked the test footage of Deadpool with his voice on it to get hype in the community for it. It seems like that's potentially what's going on here. So likelihood that this means that Acolyte is not canceled, I really, I really don't know right now. So we're going to just 50%. It could go either way at this point because... I don't know, Star Wars is still pretty big, Ahsoka didn't do great, Acolyte doesn't have any positive buzz really surrounding it, so it would kind of be uh, suicide for the franchise if they did release it, but it's Disney. Yeah, it could really go either way. From there, we have a new Blade rumor, and this one actually lines up with some news that we got about the Daredevil uh, series, so it kind of lends some credence to it. So, the big rumor is that the Blade rumor is going back for yet another rewrite. One source is saying that it is a completely brand new rewrite, scrapped everything starting from scratch. Another source, though, is saying that that is not 100% accurate. They are rewriting, yes, but they're using the bones of the existing script that was finished pre-writer's strike, and they're just kind of building off of that and making that better. So either way, it's a rewrite rumor, and uh, I'm giving this one a 60%, and I feel like that's a little low. 60% likely that this is this is legitimately a thing. I again because we do know they're doing this for Daredevil, it seems a bit more likely that they would be doing this for other things that were that early in the development. From there, let's talk about Wolverine in the MCU. We have another rumor. Uh, the, previously it was tacked on, so that's why this is a new rumor, not just a new source, but we have another rumor saying that Wolverine is going to be in a solo movie before he joins the X-Men in the MCU. That's kind of how the character was developed in the comics. Feige for all of his faults does like to do some honoring of the source material, some so stands to reason that that would be a thing. Uh, and it just makes a whole lot of sense because this character has so much weight in this universe that he would get a solo movie before being added to a team and falling into an ensemble, right? So 75% likely we're going to be seeing a Wolverine uh, solo movie before we get uh, Wolverine in the X-Men situation. Uh, from there, we have one more Godzilla X-Kong situation. Uh, the, the New Empire movie. We have Space Godzilla is rumored to be making an appearance in the after credits stinger for this next uh, legendary production. And sure why not like they kind of have been doing a bit of fan service although rather poorly still some fan service in this series so it stands to reason that they would but this is not a great source so we're gonna go 60% likely that this is a thing it just seems it seems like a big ask at this point for them to put something that major in a post credit thing but 
Yeah. From there, let's talk about uh, Fortnite. Uh, we have gaming rumors. Gaming rumors usually pretty solid sources. We have the original map, the original Chapter 1, Season 1 map is coming back for Chapter 4, Season 5, according to rumor. And it's going to have uh, old models as well as old guns. And there's going to be a lot of changes throughout the months of uh, throughout the month of November when it launches. Um, again, gaming rumors, I really have never had much issue, never much, I have not had much issue with gaming rumors being confirmable because it's just, I don't know, the industry is a little bit different than the rest, but we're putting 80% likely that we will be seeing some retro action in Fortnite Chapter 4 Season 5. And that's all the rumors I got for you this week, nerds. And that is the news show that I got for you this week, nerds. Uh, so definitely, if you're falling behind and you don't understand some of the reference that I'm making, that means you are not paying attention to the news and you need to go watch some of the older stuff. You should be able to click or tap boxes, show up in the face, do the subscribe thing, do all of that jazz. I appreciate your faces, nerds. Uh, it is going to be an interesting wind down for season five. So yeah, I'm kind of excited about it and very interested to see how season six starts. So stick around with me nerds and we will we will continue to grow this thing that is uh, a neutral oh, heaven forbid neutral news at least as far as i see it so yeah thank you very much we'll see you in the next one before we go always always remember that if it's generally nerdy it's probably here <laughs>